Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities with Lori Peterson and Abby Weinstein. Lori and Abby spend their days talking about dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD. They talk to parents of struggling students and adults who have had a lifetime of academic challenges. They want to share those stories along with their own insights with you. So, let's talk learning disabilities. Hey everybody, this is Lori. This is Abby. And welcome to episode 54 of Let's Talk Learning Disabilities. Today, we are continuing our series on executive functioning skills. Abby, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about um, a general executive functioning area called action or self-regulation, which really encompasses a lot of the hyperactivity, impulsivity characteristics related to ADHD. It's the H. The H in ADHD. Exactly. And so today we have a very special guest, Melanie Florsham. She is an ADHD coach. She's also a dyslexia therapist, so she wears lots of hats. Today, she's got her ADHD coach hat on. Hi, Melanie. Hi, girls. Thanks for being here today. I'm always excited to see my friends. So first, I think if you don't mind um, telling everybody just a little bit about you and what you do. Um, Well, I am an ADHD life coach, which um, just means I'm I'm a certified life coach helping people um, think about goals that they want to achieve in their life areas that they really want to improve showing up as their best self, getting what they want out of life, um, using that ADHD lens as we work together. So, you know, I just partner with clients. I, I work with them on the things that are important to them. I provide that space for them to kind of process and think through things. Um, and again, using that ADHD lens helping them figure out how is their ADHD showing up? Is it getting in the way? Is it helping so that they can accomplish and be all that they want? So helping them have a little bit of self-awareness. Yes. Oh, goodness. You can't regulate anything that you're not aware of. And that (laughs) tends to be (laughs) the problem. Yeah. And like you said, I'm a dyslexia therapist as well. And so I work with all ages of Um, humans that struggle with reading um, and writing and spelling because of dyslexia. So um, I have fun. I love what I do. I have the best job in the world. Do you have ADHD yourself? I'm just curious. Well, am I wearing it today? Gosh, no. (laughs) I just, yes. I've never asked that. Okay, good. I I wasn't sure because not all ADHD coaches do have ADHD. No, they don't all have ADHD. And I I wonder what that would be like. I don't know. But, you know, I also have dyslexia. And so um, it's I always tell my people, I mean, I get it all the way around. Like there's not anything that you're going through that I haven't been through Mm -hmm. um, on some level and in some way. Um, So I think I think that's why I do really it just takes my job to a deeper level. It becomes a little bit personal for me, Mm -hmm. Um, not boundaryless. okay, but Mm -hmm. definitely I um, I can relate to what my people are are going through. That's great. That's helpful. Yeah, I think that makes 
you mm. better at your job because you've experienced it yourself. So you have a certain level of empathy. Sure. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, my clients help me. I mean, when, you know, I sit there and listen to them and support them and little do they know it's helping me as right. well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's definitely coaching every day then. I, oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I need a whole lot actually, but we won't tell everyone that part. <laughs> no, we won't advertise that. Okay. So how would you, if someone asked you about the executive functioning area of, we call it action, but self-regulation, impulsivity, hyperactivity, like how would you define that? How would you explain to somebody what that means in the lens of ADHD? So, you know, we talk about ADHD as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. You know, there's lots of rumbles you know, in the ADHD world and, you know, you two being diagnosticians that it's really not labeled accurately, Um, that it's really not just about attention, hyperactivity and impulsivity. Um, But, you know, that's where it started from. And and to, you know, to change the name means to change, you know, everything and it's just not going to happen. But I do appreciate how, um, you know, with like Barkley and, and Brown, you know, there are people who are making um, stamps on that diagnosis mm-hmm. um, and broadening it and, and really giving people a, a really deep understanding and appreciation for what the struggles are with ADHD. So when it comes to the hyperactivity, impulsivity part, of course, that's the part no one wants. Right. (laughs) Right. Everyone's Mm -hmm. okay to be a little bit attention deficit, but, you know, no one wants to be the hyperactivity impulsivity disorder piece. We hear, we hear all the time, but I don't think he has the H. I don't think she has the H and I'm like, like it's a curse. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what I try to do with my, my people is say, look, it's not awful. Like it's, it's not like you've been cursed with something. You know, it's the way that we, the beliefs that we have around that diagnosis or any diagnosis, um, it's how we are going to choose to look at it and how we're going to perceive it and how we're going to manage it. Absolutely. Right. Invite it in or say, yeah, no, that part I'm not going to, that's not going to happen for me. Um, So when when we talk about hyperactivity and, and impulsivity, I, I like to tell people, you know, hyperactivity is not just bouncing off the walls. Okay. We can have some hyperactivity in our, in our mind and, and mm-hmm. not, not be bouncing off the walls. Right. Um, hyperactivity um, is something that definitely you can see it in adults. Okay. But we really see it in, in little kids, right? And Barkley has said that at, it's not the best um, diagnostic, um, I don't know, help me with the word, like cursor or like, marker. Uh, marker, it's, yeah. It's not the best diagnostic marker for adults because most adults who have had hyperactivity challenges with their ADHD at a young age have learned how to 
manage it to a certain extent where that's not what people are really seeing as an adult with their ADHD. Right. 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 But I, I like to tell people, you know, even though you think you don't have the age, well, you know, if you're having, if you're that rumination, that obsessive thinking, um, those compulsive thoughts. Okay. That that's hyperactivity in your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so, internal restlessness, internal restlessness. Definitely. Um, and, you know, for some people who have hyperactivity challenges, it's painful. It's painful, like physically, mentally, emotionally painful for them to have to be still or sit or don't Wait touch that. Right. So, you know, it's a real thing, but I don't, I, what I want people to understand is it's not the only thing. Right. Right. And even though someone might be hyperactive, that might not be their biggest challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, the other part of that is that, well, again, we think hyperactive, we think the running around the room and, and jumping on the couch. But there's the impulsivity, which can be, you know, interrupting people when they talk or touching things or, you know, again, different ages, different different um, symptoms. But the impulsivity can be a real challenge to mm-hmm. manage at all ages. And while again, you may not be that hyperactive running around, you still have quit a lot of jobs or you've, you've, you have impulsive, you know, impulses that are maybe not where you should be because you're not thinking before acting or thinking before speaking. Right. And the impulsiveness can almost look like hyperactivity in in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And the impulsiveness, you know, it's hard. That's a hard... It's all, it all can be hard to manage, right? Um, But the impulsivity is definitely, you know, learning how to not make quick decisions, right? Learning how to delay gratification, right? It's so hard to do. Right? Um, But when we want to, but when we think about impulsivity, you know, we need to also think about the flip side of it. Right. The flip side of of impulsivity is creativity. Mm. Right. So impulsivity can be annoying. (laughs) Right. Blurting out, interrupting people can be costly. Uh Can delay gratification or make better decisions for ourselves. Can Can be be dangerous. Physically. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we when we want to look at the strengths of that creativity is is a spontaneous idea. You don't plan for creativity. Mm-hmm. You don't pause and, and wonder about creativity. It just happens. And so for our ADHD people, you know, for us, you know, we need to think about, okay, yeah, this gets in my way this way, but how does it really help me? Because right. that's when I think I can be more at ease with myself if I can see the flip side of it, mm-hmm. then when I find that impulsivity getting in my way or my hyperactivity creeping in and getting in my way, I can kind of balance it a little bit with, okay, yeah, I can, I'm, I need to do some work here and I'm going to do that. But, you know, it's also helping me in these ways. Sure. That other people don't get to have that ability to do like, like I do. I- 
I feel like the impulsivity is probably the thing that parents struggle most on how to manage because it's when, you know, when when a child does something and they ask them why they did it, of course, they say, I don't know, which makes parents crazy. But again, and I, you know, we always try to explain, they don't know why they did it. That's kind of the definition of an impulse. It's mm-hmm. also, you know, you punish a child for a behavior and the punishment doesn't work because they do it again and again and again. And it's, you know, helping them understand that these impulses are not choices. Mm-hmm. They're not happening on purpose. It's just how the brain is wired and they don't have that filter or that, you know, think five seconds or mm-hmm. count to five before you make a decision or make an action. And I think parents really struggle with that. Right. Teachers right. as well. I think we see a lot of kids in classrooms with a lot of impulsivity where they're constantly calling out and they're constantly up interjecting or they're, you know, throwing something across the room or cutting a piece of paper, cutting a hole in their jeans with their scissors in their (laughs) desk. They're doing a lot of things that somewhat tend to interfere with the classroom environment, with others learning and with their learning as well. So I think a lot of teachers view that impulsivity as negative in bad, addition and, and they're bad and just being bad, bad kids. kids yeah. Right. Yeah. So impulsivity in the classroom is a tough one because I think that, you know, education is very, very important around anything that you're trying to um, create strategies for and and manage. So here we have, you know, this behavioral, these behavioral challenges rooted to ADHD. You know, we don't see the ADHD in the brain. We see the effects of it through executive functioning challenges. And self-regulation is impulsivity, right? Or the lack of um, self-regulation is impulsivity. So, the key there is is figuring out strategies to help a kid regulate. But a kid can't regulate if they don't know that they're doing it. So we can't have self-regulation if we don't have self-awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where the education of the teacher or the parent or whoever is so important because they need to be able to understand, well, what is happening Right. Mm -hmm. If this is what's happening with impulsivity, that they they don't have that ability to filter. They don't have that ability to pause and think before they do something. That's what's happening in the brain. So what do I need to help do in the environment or in this situation where the impulsivity creeps up a lot? What do I need to do to support this student with that? But I can't really fully support them if I don't really understand what's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So how? So what do you recommend then for like a teacher or a parent? Who str- is there a strategy that you typically will give to say, you know, talk to them and talk to them about, you know, what when it happened and how you understand that? They didn't do it on purpose, but here's how we're going to try to change it kind of thing. Okay. So this is a big one, right? I mean, this is a lot of what I do. There's lots of different strategies out there. Um, There's one thing that I like to use called zones of regulation. Um, And I need to figure out who is the author so I can. I have heard of that, but I don't know the author zones of regulation. I, that sounds. Here it is. Is that where they try to like number their areas of how they're feeling? Yeah, it's 
colors. So this is colors. by Leah M. Kuypers. Okay. K-U-Y-P-E-R-S. Okay? Okay. So this is a big one that I use and I love it. Zones of regulation. So basically you, you have these four colors. You have um, blue, red, blue, green, yellow, red zones of regulation. So it, it's mainly with emotional regulation, but I mean, you can do it with anything. And so the green zone, you know, that's the optimal zone. The blue zone is maybe I'm, I'm tired or I'm, I'm don't have a lot of energy or I'm not really engaged or I'm kind of bored or whatever. The yellow zone is, you know, I'm starting to get a little silly. I'm starting to feel a little irritated. And then the red zone, I'm off the charts, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to be able to understand which zone I'm in at a given time and have strategies in place to regulate my zone to get back to green. Okay. Hmm. But you, you can't just like say, okay, let's do this little zones of regulation and we're going to tape this to your desk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come around and ask you, I mean, it's with everything we're talking about with impulsivity it has to be practiced. It's got to be introduced. It has to be practiced. There's language that's associated with it that the kid needs to understand, that the caregiver or the teacher. So that's what I mean. Like the the, the training piece and the education piece is so important for the teachers, for the parents, for the caregivers, mm-hmm. because it really you have to practice these things when you don't need them. Right. That's what I was going to say. Don't you have to talk about it and learn it and practice it when you're not in the red zone? (laughs) Yes, because when you're in the red zone, you're in an amygdala hijack and you're not coming out of it for a while. Your brain's already gone. And not do it through through reprimanding and negative talk and consequences and screaming and emotional. Right. So, you know, with the strategies that we have, they, they can be really great strategies, but they take time to develop. And, and unfortunately, you know, parents have that time. Some of them do, right? We're all busy sure. parents. But teachers, I mean, you know, if you only have two kids in your class that have impulsivity issues and hyperactivity issues, and how are you going to have the time to do all this train the kid, train yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it, it's a, it's a challenge that I think um, that ripple effect, right? It, it just, it, it just goes and intertwines and it impacts so many different areas. But unfortunately, those are the areas that we really need on board mm-hmm. for our kids to be able to learn how to do it because they can learn how to do it. It won't take the impulsivity away but it sure can make it a lot easier for that kid and everyone around that kid. Mm-hmm. So um, some strategies that I've given teachers, you know, put a post-it, give them a post-it notepad or something, let them write on their desk when they have a, a something that they want to say or a suggestion that they want to give or a comment that they want to make, write it on the desk or on a paper so that they can go back and share it later. Um, you know, talking about pausing, pause. I call it the five P's. I don't even remember where I got this from. I'm sure I got it from Adka who drank me, but pause, ponder, process, plan, proceed, right? So 
pause, you know, and what I tell parents, you know, come up with like a little code word, teachers as well. I think this is a, a pausing moment for you or something that's not shameful that not everyone in the classroom has to hear. Um, but pausing is really is is cueing them to, to take a moment to just stop. Right. I like to refer to ADHD brain wiring as the Ferrari race car. Hallowell does this. The Ferrari race car with bicycle brakes. Mm-hmm. And when you come see me, I am your bicycle specialist. <laughs> and we are going to figure out how to grease and oil and rewire some of your breakage so that you can break better. Right. Impulsivity is bad breaks. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do is strengthen that, imp- well, not impulse, but that ability to, to, to pump the brakes a little bit. Okay. So we pause and we just stop. And then we ponder and we just kind of be mindful. What's going on? What's going on with me? What's going on in my body? What's going on with my teacher? Wow. She's like walking towards me and her eyes are really big, huh? Wow, I'm (laughs) noticing that. And wow, everyone in the classroom is like staring at me. Wow, something is going on. So we ponder and then we process. We make connections. Okay, she must be upset with me. I wonder if I blurted out again. Everybody's looking at me. Maybe I need to not keep talking about the show I saw last night, (laughs) you know? Right. So now we make some connections and understand what's going on. And now I can make a plan. Okay, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to write on my post-it note about the show I watched. And I'll tell everybody that about that, you know, at lunch or something. My teacher's coming up to me. Okay. I'm going to just explain to her that I just had a moment, but now I'm going to implement whatever, get into my green zone and, you know, and then I plan and then I move on, move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. You have ADHD, you know, you have ADHD brain wiring. You are going to be impulsive. It's going to happen. Yep. So 5P, move on. Don't fret it. And I love that because that, that really works for anything. Like you think about like when you're impulsive shopping online and mm-hmm. you're like, you're going to buy something and you're like, if you stop, if you pause and you go through those steps, right? then you've really taken the minute to think, do I really need this? Right. And you make a smarter choice. Practice yeah. pause. I, I tell my, my teenagers, my middle school kids have trouble with the spending thing mm-hmm. um, as well as my adults. Make a deal with yourself. If you don't want to do that anymore, then make a deal with yourself. Make it a reasonable, realistic deal that you're going to follow through on. We don't want you to, you know, make yourself feel bad because you set such a high expectation for yourself. So what's reasonable? If you want something, what's in a reasonable amount of time that you really think you could follow through on that would give you a pause to ponder and process, do you need it? Do you want it? What are you going to do with it? Do you have more? Do you not? Maybe go ask somebody else who you trust to tell you the truth, right? I really want this. Should I get it? This is hitting really close to home for Abby. (laughs) I'm struggling over here. I am a very impulsive spender and I try to practice Mm -hmm. the pause and then I forget and I'm so impulsive. I'm regretting even doing something early this morning on my phone shopping. 
Okay. So look, Abby, what you said is, is brilliant. You forget, right? You get into the moment and you're that dopamine reward is kicking in and you know, oh, I'm about to get it. I'm about to get it. I'm getting there. Give yourself some grace, right? Okay. It happened. What do you want to do about it now? Right? You can always return it. You That's can right. always give it away for a gift if you really don't need it. Okay? You can learn from it. Right? Let's fall forward and not fall backwards. Right? So, right. if you were coming to me, Abby, and we were coaching on this, I would ask you, so what kind of signals does your body give you to let you know you're about to go there. Our There are things that happen chemically, um, physiologically that happen in our body before we are making that impulsive mm-hmm. act, right? When I blurt out, chances are a lot of the time, I'm kind of like thinking about this thing and then boom, Right? The best mm-hmm. thing we can do is is debrief on our moments where we didn't show up as our best self, right. right? After the moment, debrief on it, right? Get with Lori. Hey, I did this thing. I want to talk about it. This is what happened. And I know that when when I'm doing that, I, I looking back on this morning, This is the environment that I was in. These are some of the triggers that happened before. This is how my body was feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Go back and replay it a little bit for yourself and start to rewrite your story. I love that. Well, I think the more aware you make yourself of those triggers, then as they start Mm -hmm. to spring up, you can be like, whoa, 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 here she comes. Put the phone down or I'm going to shut this website down. Exactly. Get up and go walk. Yeah. Move. Yeah. Right. And, you know, doing that visualization, you know, the movie in the mind, right? Grab the popcorn, sit back in the chair, close your eyes. Picture Abby this morning doing that. What, What was going on? What did you see? Now get up. Go get a drink of water, get a snack, whatever. Sit back down and re-visualize that again. Visualize it, but change it, mm-hmm. right? You see yourself in the chair. You see the thing on the computer. You want to buy it. It's so easy. Now you pause. So your movie now is different. Mm-hmm. Now you pause because you notice how you're feeling, Right. Right. I mean, I'm making it sound so easy. It's very difficult to do. And it takes time. Our brain has a beaten path. (laughs) Right. Uh Impulsivity is is a beaten path. Right. So we have to recognize what are those triggers that put me on the beaten path. And we have to start to create a detour. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. It's brilliant. So So can you teach kids? I mean, I'm thinking again of teachers and parents and children that are very impulsive. I mean, those, the five P's, I mean, do they have the ability to stop and and pause and to to process and to plan and to really start to self-reflect? Are those typical strategies you teach of all ages that you work with? 
Yes. So, you know, when I get really, you know, when I get the littles that come in here, I I don't coach the littles. Um, I coach their parents Mm. because when they're little with what I do, um, it can some of them can do it. But but in my experience, I have better success when I meet the kid. We have I call them a couple of play dates, you know. And I get to see the kid in action, right? I get to see the impulsivity. I get to see the hyperactivity. I get to see all of their, you know, executive functions on fire, right? Mm-hmm. Now I have a great idea firsthand of what's going on. So then when I'm coaching with the parent, I'm really, you know, coaching the parent on how to coach their kid. Okay. Mm. I'm also coaching the parent on how to be the parent that they want to be for their kid. Right. You know, they get impulsive, they get impulsive too. And, you know, mm-hmm. knee jerk reaction into emotion mm-hmm. and they're not always showing up as their best self either. Right. Right. And we all understand what that's like, um, whether you have a kid with ADHD or not. Um, raising kids is not easy. Um So I find that when I'm able to teach my parents the language, the language is key and the tools, and they're able to take that home and start to implement it in all the different areas, because the smaller, the younger the kid, the more practice they're going to need, right? The more they need to be inundated with the language, they need to be immersed in the strategies, well, I can't do that in an office for an hour. I mean, like there's just no, it would, it would serve no one any justice. Mm -hmm. So, but when I can empower my parents to take that, it, it is, it changes the whole family dynamic. I bet. Because now the kid knows, Oh, mommy, I feel myself getting in the yellow zone. Mm -hmm. I have a parent that I'm coaching um, her daughter. Um, sat at the dinner table or I don't know where they were, but they had had a play date with the friend across the street and the little girl, she's, you know, six years old, super excited about going to play with the, the cup, the family across the street. So she's just revving. I mean, her Ferrari race car there, the, the brakes have fallen off. Like we don't <laughs> can't even reach the, the pedal brakes. And so she's runs outside and she's, running in a circle and she's talking loud and she's getting in their face. And then she runs into her house and she lets the dog out. And now the dog is, and the mom was just like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I was exhausted in one minute. Mm -hmm. And so the mom, we start, you know, they go home and they have a bath and, and this little girl tells her mom, you know, mom, the mom brings up. So what'd you think about, you know, your play date, our play date today? And she says, you know, mom, I think I might've been in the red zone. <laughs> you think? Makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Cause it's just so powerful because yeah. she hasn't had language to right. talk about that. To she describe it. talked right. about it as I just feel like a roaring dinosaur inside and it's just trying to get out and I don't know how to That's stop. Nice. You know, she's mm. had no language. The language she's had has been so negative and now mm. she just has a color. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so awesome. Instead of saying I was bad or I was out of control. Right. And so the mom's telling me, and the mom did what we've been coaching on. She said, so 
what do you think it would take to get you to just even the yellow zone? Like we don't even, we don't even have to go to the green zone yet. Let's just go from red to yellow. What do you think it would take? What would it look like? How would it feel? What do you think your friends across the street would say? Wow. You know, Man. and that, that is, through it. it's, and it's all positive. It's addressing the issue. It's talking about the elephant in the room and it's, it's doing it with dignity and it's doing it with empowerment. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It even sounds like something that uh, spouses could do, you know, if there's one spouse that is ADHD and the other was isn't can really, or even if they both have ADHD can really have some negative impact on relationships and talking about zones of regulation and processing through what zone you're in and what you can do about it and how you can change it around does sound like to me that could be something really beneficial for relationships. For sure. Mm -hmm. I have to say, so as somebody who struggled with impulsivity as a child and, and at times still clearly as an adult, this has literally been the most positive conversation I've ever had about it. Like mm-hmm. it almost brings a tear to my eye to think. Oh, that I could just cry. Right. There are ways for people to not have to go through the frustrations because it is incredibly frustrating to do to mm-hmm. do something and immediately think, oh, crap. Right. Like, why did I do that? Why, why did I, I say that? Why did I buy that? Why did I, you know whatever it's, it's and beat yourself up and totally beat yourself up. And I think because it is such an outward behavior when you're inattentive, it's really you. But when you're impulsive um, or hyperactive, it's, it's out there and everyone sees it and that there's so much more, I feel like judging mm-hmm. and negative self-talk. And so thank you. Thank you for bringing like a positive light and, and like a light at the end of the tunnel, so totally. to speak, that there is a way to, to look at this and, and change the, the dialogue that not only you're having in your head, but that you're having with other people about your behaviors. Right. Yeah. yeah. Love, love that. It, it is, we can manage our ADHD. It, it's not going to make it go away, mm-hmm. um, but we can learn how to manage it. And, and if, if we have a bad day and we just didn't manage it the way we really wanted to, guess what? You get to go to sleep and wake up the next day and start again. You get a second chance. That's true. Yeah. You, you know, and so it, as much as we can give ourselves grace and we can give ourselves permission to be human and, and know that other people struggle with similar things that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just singular to ADHD. I mean, these are these are issues that people who, who don't have ADHD still struggle with, too. Right. Regulating themselves, you know. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I just want everyone to know it's, it's not hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might have to change the way you you believe about ADHD and impulsivity and hyperactivity. Um, You might have to do some work, some Mm -hmm. discovery work. You might have to take time to experiment, to figure out what's going to work. But, you know, if you want it bad enough, you will figure it out. Right. You know, the the information's out there for you to to find. It's not, it's not hopeless. Melanie, if somebody wanted to reach out to you as far as like to maybe get some information about your coaching or to work with you, how do people find you? Okay. So I have a website. It's Mm -hmm. 
Gateway Growth, G-A-T-E-W-A-Y-G-R-O-W-T-H dot net. I put dot com the other day for somebody and they uh-huh. were like, I went to her website. It didn't work. I'm like, oh yeah, that's because that's a detail dot net dot net. We'll, put it, we'll put it in our show notes. Yeah. And that really, I mean, that has my email. It has my phone number. It, it has a scheduling um, thing on there. So yeah, I mean, I, anybody that calls and reaches out to us, we call everyone back. Um, even if we're full, <laughs> yeah. because I want everyone, I want to talk to as many people as I can and let them know, look, don't quit. Keep looking. Um, you know, if we're not your place, I want to help you find your place. Right. Because if you're making that call to me, then you're ready. Right. Mm-hmm. It's time. It yeah. Time. I don't want you to jump on it. Yeah. Which I don't is want the first step. Yeah. To realize you need help and to ask for it. Right. And That's and awesome. Lori, you and Abby, we all know there's there's so many places out there that want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to help people find that place to get the, the support that they need. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here today. You're yes. amazing. You are amazing. Thank, thank, you. thank you so thank much. You. I love it. And I thank we you. We appreciate for- I think hearing your knowledge and expertise. Well, you're sweet. And I thank you for having this podcast and this platform that you've created for people, you know, who maybe don't have the means or the the time right now to really go and dive in. You know, every little itty bitty bit counts. And Absolutely. this is this is one sprinkle on the path that can really sprout into something very beautiful. And so I, I'm always blessed and honored to be mm-hmm. a part. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Everybody yes. will have Melanie's information in the show notes right. if you'd like to reach out to her. She is a wealth of information. And we didn't even get into the dyslexia stuff because that's we've we've done that before back mm-hmm. early on. Um, and we'll probably revisit it again someday. But um, please feel free to reach out to her. Um, if you have questions about our show or suggestions about future episodes, feel free to email us at letstalklearningdisabilities at gmail.com. Abby, our website is... Our podcast website is ltldpodcast.com. And there you can find all the information about our show. So we have one more episode left to talk about executive function. We're excited about it. So stay tuned for episode 55. Otherwise, thanks, Melanie, for being here. Thanks. And have a great day, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. In our show notes, you can find information about today's talk, as well as links to resources and other episodes. If you have questions about today's talk, have ideas for future episodes, or just want to stay connected, you can contact us through Diagnostic Learning Services on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So, let's keep talking learning disabilities. This podcast is sponsored by eDiagnostic Learning. You can find more information at www.ediagnosticlearning.com.